Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Will Freed, senior data scientist at appraisal tech startup True Footage, who previously worked as a data scientist at Rex Real Estate, to talk about the study he was part of on buyer agent steering, which many of our listeners have reached out about. Will, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Great to have you on. I, I love that you reached out. So we had talked about the study that you did. Um, we we did a whole uh, data digest um, article on it. And then I've talked about it in at least two other podcasts. And so you're a podcast listener and, and you wrote into me and you're like, hey, um, you know, here's some things that we didn't talk about or or maybe that uh, I got wrong on that or whatever. So I, would, I was like, let's have you on and talk specifically to some of the things that I've heard from agents since we have been talking about it. So thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for the invitation. Happy to be here. Okay. Well, first off, um, let's talk about what was the genesis of this study? Um, you know, why was this of interest to you? And, you know, were you involved in the commission lawsuits at all? Because that's probably one of the first questions people would have. Yes. The origin actually dates back to my time at Rex Real Estate. I'm sure a lot of your audience is going to be familiar with Rex Real Estate. Um, Rex was a vocal critic of some of the practices in the industry. Rex was responsible for prompting the DOJ to start investigating NAR back in 2018, sort of reporting back about all the barriers that we saw as Rex on the ground, barriers to entry of new entrants like Rex, especially new entrants that were trying to lower commissions. And so the way I got sort of interested in this topic of steering is actually as a data science sort of intern, I was analyzing our inbound phone calls that were recorded. And there were many instances in which buyers agents admitted that to basically that they're going to steer their clients away from Rex properties. For background, Rex's business model is our goal is to try to save money for consumers. And to do so, we did not list our homes on the multiple listing service. Instead, we listed on sites like Zillow, Trulia, you know, Google, Facebook, the goal of finding a direct buyer. In the case that a direct buyer would find a Rex property, we would assign them an agent free of charge, and the seller would just pay us a flat 2% fee. If, on the other hand, uh, a buyer was represented, then we would tell the buyer's agent that they would that Rex was not offering a, the sellers are not offering a preset commission, and that the agent would have to negotiate for a commission with their buyer or with the seller. And so, upon hearing sort of our commission policy, a lot of agents admitted that they were going to steer their buyers away from Rex properties. So there was sort of a lot of anecdotal evidence of steering that we at our Rex experienced. But then, as a data scientist, that got me more interested in the question of can we show is there more systematic data analysis we can do that shows that steering is widespread. And luckily, the timing was really good because in February 2021, in the immediate aftermath of the proposed settlement between the DOJ and the National Association of Realtors, Redfin was able to start publishing the buyer's agent commission rates that sellers are offering. And so we had a third party scrape that data, and we were able to see for hundreds of thousands of listings across 34 markets in the country, we we knew the buyer's agent commission rate that was offered, and we also knew the number of Redfin page views that each of those listings sort of received. And then the question is, for me, it was, is there a correlation there? Yes, sure enough, there is a correlation. As the buyer's agent commission rate that's offered drops, those homes tend to get fewer page views. Uh, of course, correlation is not causation. And so made sure to sort of write down all the sort of potential confounding variables that could plausibly explain why low commission properties tend to garner fewer page views. And the results still held from that. 
And then fast forward many months, I was reached out to Professor uh, John Hadfield, a professor at UT Austin, who has done research in this area. He then connected me with uh, Professor Jordan Barry, another professor that they often call, who, he, who John often collaborates with. And the three of us uh, set out to write this paper up in a very rigorous way to show that steering is rampant. And the goal was to get the paper out ahead of the Sitzer-Burnett trial so that it could be used as evidence at trial. Unfortunately, we didn't know that uh, the paper would be 93 pages and it took us longer than expected to write. So we got it out the week before trial. So it wasn't able to be used at trial, but we got it out sort of still at a pretty opportune time. Um, and in terms of just involvement in the lawsuit, so I have been involved in both the Sitzer-Burnett and the Merle Class Action lawsuits. I was deposed in the Sitzer-Burnett lawsuit primarily to talk about those steering calls that we found at Rex. Um, and then similarly, I provided a declaration in the Merle lawsuit also uh, talking about those steering calls. So, and and what is the status of Rex right now? So Rex is currently not in business. Um, Rex has a lawsuit that they filed against Zillow and the National Association of Realtors back in uh, March of 2021. Um, that lawsuit, uh, the judge basically granted NAR and Zillow a motion for summary judgment. So it didn't go to trial for the antitrust sort of allegations. Uh, Rex is planning on appealing that. So Rex is not in business, but we still have an active lawsuit that we are that Rex is planning on appealing. Okay, well, I appreciate you walking through that background because it's it's good to know like where you're coming from. You know, you're not a, a disinterested party in this. It doesn't mean that the results are not true or you didn't find something really significant, but it's just good to be like, this is where you're coming from, right? 100%. And I think the important thing just with the paper is we want to let the data speak for itself instead of speculating on what's happening. The data shows what the data shows. We wanted to approach it in a completely honest and transparent way and really again, make sure that the data analysis was as rigorous as possible. As a data scientist, it pains me. People oftentimes see correlation. They assume there's causation. Uh, that's not the case. It's a very high bar in order to actually show causation. And we want to make sure that professors and I, that we really met that high bar. We controlled for confounding variables. We went through, we explained how the data was very consistent with steering. Um, and so, yeah, it's ultimately what the data shows. It has nothing to do with our own personal opinions. So you you um, encapsulated it a little bit. You summarized it. But if you could give us like a little bit more detail on what the study found. Yeah, so we analyzed sort of three different sale outcomes. The, the question, overall question is, can we show that steering is uh, widespread using data analysis going beyond, let's say, these rec steering calls that we found? And we looked at three different metrics. The first metric is, do low commission properties uh, receive fewer pages on Redfin? Our theory is that buyers agents, even though buyers are better able to find properties now because of, you know, Zillow themselves, they're still reliant on agents to find some of these properties. Real estate agents oftentimes send buyers a list of properties. And from surveys, both that we conducted and from NAR surveys, it's clear that buyers are want their agents to send them listings and look up a lot of the listings that are recommended by their agents on public portals like Zillow and Redfin. So the theory is that if agents were sort of passing over low commission properties, again, not all agents, but as long as some subset of agents sometimes do that, we would expect to find that lower commission properties receive fewer pages on Redfin. But we also buttress that with sort of two other sale outcomes, which is do low commission properties tend to take longer to sell? Um, and do low commission properties have a lower probability of selling within a timely period, let's say 90 or 120 days? And we basically saw very consistent results across all three of those analyses after controlling for basically all the main plausible confounding variables. We saw that as the seller uh, offers a lower buyer agent commission, uh, th those listings tend to receive fewer page use. And the lower the commission rate that's offered, the lower the page use that was received. We found that sellers that offer lower commissions, those homes take longer to sell and have a lower probability of selling. And the key number that we really looked at is sellers that offered a buyer's agent commission below 2%. That seems to be sort of this cutoff that very few sellers 
are willing to go below. By collecting this Redfin data, hundreds of thousands of commission rates across 34 markets across the country, we saw in most markets, fewer than 1% of sellers offer a commission rate below 2%, which suggests right there that maybe if you drop below 2%, there are going to be more adverse effects. And that's why sellers are reluctant to offer that. And sure enough, we saw for all three metrics, when sellers go below 2%, significantly fewer pages, longer time on markets, and a lower probability of selling. So it sort of painted a consistent picture. Again, especially these are 33 to 34 different markets across the country. We know real estate markets are very diverse. They're very heterogeneous. And despite that, we see very similar results across those 33 markets, which is exactly what we would expect to find because there's no reason to believe that the prevalence of steering would be significantly different in different uh, markets across the country. So it also made sense that we saw those consistent results across all those markets. So did you guys exclude the for sale by owner? Yes. So these were just homes that were offering, that were on the MLS, that were offering a preset commission. Um, and so there are no for sale by owners there. We also uh, removed um, new construction homes from the data set, for example, because those homes actually we saw tend to offer lower buyer's agent commission rates. And the demand for new construction homes might be different from existing home sales. So we just focused on existing home sales that were listed on the multiple listing service and therefore were offering a preset commission that was visible on Redfin. So one of the things we noted in our story on this is that Redfin itself feels, um, you know, has raised their the flag that they don't think that this data is accurate. So the statement that they gave us said, we stopped displaying page views data after we discovered that the system calculating them was not scaling with our growing website traffic and was therefore unreliable. And so, and they said if they had known that the study uh, relied on scrape page views data, uh, we would have informed them that the data was inaccurate. So how do you, how do you account for that? Yeah, so we were familiar uh, with that heading into the study, and therefore we didn't take it as a given that the page views were sort of accurate. What we did is we did a lot of sort of robustness checks to see, does the behavior of page views match what we would expect? And we were able to do like five or six of these checks, and every single time, the results that we saw with page views matched our a priori expectations. For example, Redfin often promotes its listings to the top of the search results uh, for new Redfin listings, and sure enough, homes that were listed uh, by Redfin got significantly more page views. The more overpriced a home was by basically measuring the percent difference between the asking price of that property and the Redfin's price estimate for what the fair market value of the home is, the more overpriced the home was, the fewer the page views uh, that home uh, received. Um, f- the longer the home was on the market, the fewer page views. It's going to have some drop off. Obviously, in the first week, the homes are going to get a lot of page views and they're going to have some diminishing returns over time. Uh, when a home went under contract, it received fewer page views, which of course makes sense there. Also, Redfin also displayed the number of page saves. So that's the number of people that favorited each listing. And there was a very high correlation between the number of page views and the number of page saves. And even though there can definitely be challenges to calculate the number of unique page views, it's a challenge that a lot of companies deal with. Page saves is relatively easy to calculate. It's hard to get that one wrong. You either save it or you don't, and you can tally that. And there's a very high correlation there. So we were very confident every single check we did that although the raw number of page views might not be exactly accurate, um, the general trend is can be trusted. And a key thing to note is that we weren't just looking at the absolute number of page views that each Redfin listing was receiving. We were comparing the relative amount of page views received by listings offering a going rate commission and listings offering a below going rate commission. So for all those reasons, we feel that the page view numbers can be indicative of if, whether seeing is widespread or not. Did you see a, a big difference in um, the uh, the cost of the homes. So were um, uh, homes with higher prices? Was there a difference there? I mean, did you see anything when you looked at that? So that's definitely one of the variables we controlled for, because you can imagine a higher priced home, if you're offering, let's say a lower commission, that's still going to be a higher dollar amount. So it is a variable we controlled for. So because of that, we knew that the 
that wasn't sort of causing the relationship we were seeing. We did some preliminary data analysis on that front, and we didn't notice a major drop off there. As the price went up, we basically saw strong clustering of commission rates in the vast majority of markets, regardless of commission rate. Um, and that, again, is consistent with our findings where agents are not going to say, okay, if it's a low price home and it's offering below the going rate, then I'm going to sort of steer. But if it's a higher price home, then sort of they're not going to steer. So there's very, very strong consistency and clustering around the going rate, regardless of, of asking prices. So one of the comments that I got was that um, it, it feels like it overlooks the fact that if someone had a, if they weren't offering a lot of um, a big commission, that maybe that, that speaks to the efforts that were going in uh, on the other side, right? Like maybe that actually proves the fact that buyer's agents are very valuable. Yeah. So those are all plausible explanations that could potentially account for these correlations that we found. And so we did a very, the paper is 93 pages. We went into a lot of detail, really controlling for a bunch of these confounding variables. So maybe let me just take a few minutes to walk you through a couple of the most significant uh, confounding variables that we dealt with. Uh, One is sort of exactly that, where on average, commissions oftentimes are split 50-50. So a lower buyer's agent commission, all else being equal, might be indicative of a lower listing uh, commission to the listing agent. And therefore, they might be indicative that the listing agent is of lower quality. Um, and therefore, they have worse marketing, which is why the homes get fewer page views. And they do a worse job at, you know, throughout the aspects of selling the home. And that's why the homes take longer to sell and have a lower probability of sale. And so to account for that, the idea is actually quite straightforward. If the theory is that listing agents that offer lower buyer's agent commissions tend to be of lower quality, then let's restrict the analysis to just the listings that were represented by listing agents who offered at least one low buyer's agent commission. This, by restricting the data set, that would then basically address this issue. And so we did that additional analysis on the subset of data, and we saw the exact same result. So it doesn't seem that it's lower sort of listing agent quality is responsible for lower pages and these other adverse sale outcomes. Another common uh, confounding variable that we've heard that people have pushed back with is the idea that, oh, sellers who offer low buyers agent commissions, well, they're the same sellers that are overpricing their homes. They're just trying to maximize the net proceeds from the sale. So they're overpricing the homes. They're offering a low buyers agent commission. And it's the fact that they're overpricing. That's why the homes are getting less attention on Redfin. And that's why they're taking longer to sell and have a lower probability sale. So the nice thing there is that Redfin, I think I mentioned it a little bit before, they display the Redfin price estimate, their estimate on what the fair market value of the home is. And so we're able to control for the extent to which the home is overpriced by calculating the percent difference between the asking price and the uh, Redfin price estimate. In case you're wondering whether the Redfin price estimate is accurate, we know that AVMs have some challenges. We know that from this estimate during their iBuyer days, uh, we saw that of homes that sold within 30 days, 50% of homes sold within 3% of the Redfin price estimate, over 90% of homes sold within 10% of the Redfin price estimate. So we felt confident that that was a good proxy for the fair market value of the home. And so we did control for the extent to which homes were overpriced in the analysis. And interestingly enough, what we found is that sellers that offer lower buyer agent commissions are not more likely to overprice their homes. In fact, they're, more like, they're slightly more likely to underprice their homes relative to sellers that are offering a going rate commission. So that we found quite interesting and sort of belies that narrative that these sellers that are offering low buyer's agent commissions are just not with it. They're overpricing their homes. They're not serious sellers that are really trying to get their homes sold in a timely fashion. Uh, just to take one more example, it might be the case that uh, homes that offer lower buyer's agent commissions, well, it might be that those homes tend to be in geographic areas that just have lower desirability than other areas. And so what we're able to do is we know the latitude and longitude of each home sale. And so to sort of control for the average desirability of the nearby areas, we can calculate the average number of pages received by the nearest 5, 20, 100 listings in order to control for that. So there are a bunch of other control variables. Those are all spelled out in detail in the paper. And by controlling for that, we feel confident that we really address most of the 
uh, of the potential confounding variables that could explain these relationships. And we feel that we met the high bar of showing there's a causal relationship. Again, especially when we see similar relationships across all three of these cell outcomes that we were measuring, similar relationships across these 33 markets, and the trend where once you offer a commission below 2%, the results get significantly worse. So one of the things that was brought up actually by the defendant's lawyer and the plaintiff's lawyer in the Sister Burnett case was the fact that um, it's so easy to find listings on Zillow, Redfin, other other portals. And, you know, didn't that, um, you know, the plaintiffs were saying, you know, it really undercut uh the buyer, the value of a buyer's agent, because they can just go find it. Of course, that you know, uh, a buyer's agent does much more than just find the listings. The defendants were like, you know, also brought it up. But, but for me, it's it, one of the things that uh, makes it it on this study. It's like, well, you know, anybody can go and, and look at houses. So, you know, how do you how do you control for that variable? When yes, maybe uh, the buyer's agents aren't sending, but what is the what is the difference there between just people looking at the home? Yeah, 100%. There's no doubt that it's more difficult to steer now than it was 20 years ago when the MLSs were a catalog and buyers had no idea of what listings uh, were available. That being said, there are still many ways in which agents can steer. It's one thing if a buyer is adamant about seeing a particular low commission home. In that case, it's harder for the agent to steer away from that home. But oftentimes, buyers will say, I'm interested in these seven homes. And their listing and their buyer's agent might schedule a showing for five homes. And Ignore the two other homes. And unless the sell, unless that buyer is looking on Redfin and seeing the commission rates, it's going to be very difficult for them to figure out that it was the commission rate that was offered that led that agent to sort of steer away from those low commission properties. And even if a seller, a buyer is adamant about seeing a particular property, there are still other tactics that buyer's agents have to get them to not purchase a home. And that was actually made clear on an investigative study that was done in Canada I think two years ago, where they had uh, investigative journalists who posed as home buyers who were interested in specifically seeing a low commission property that was only offering a 1% uh, commission when the going rate was 2.5% in that uh, Canadian uh, neighborhood. And there, the agents basically misled their buyers and said that they couldn't get in touch with the listing agent um, or there were, sh- there were tenants and it was going to be a hard time to schedule the showing when that wasn't the case because they were also in communication with the uh, with the homeowner, it was actually a for sale by owner. And she said that one of them never even called up. So it was wrong that they would have no way of knowing that uh, that the home wasn't available. And one of the agents that claimed that there were tenants that they couldn't see the home, that agent actually did call up and asked the seller, so you're only offering 1%, will you offer something higher? And when she said, no, I'm only offering 1%, then that's what prompted her to then tell her client that, oh, there were some tenants and therefore we couldn't get in. So even if they want to see a home, they still have tactics to steer them away from from those properties. Well, that brings us to the recorded conversations that Rex agents had with various buyer agents, and um, you know you can you can argue on the on the data side what it shows, although um, you know hopefully the data is is uh, less subjective or um, anecdotal than than the calls, but the calls are really rough. Boy, I mean the calls, which I think is what prompted this whole thing on your side, right? Was to hear straight out. The fact that many buyers agents said, and I, you know, I, we have tons of uh, agents that listen to this podcast. I heard from both. I heard, I heard from both sides. People saying buyers agents are so, you know, we do this, we do this, we work with. And then I heard from a lot of agents that were like, "Yeah, buyers agents are doing a terrible job in many cases." So um, I think that it could be, it could be both. But can you walk us through how many, how many calls you guys looked at here um, that are part of the study, and what some of those calls were? Yeah. So um, 
I've basically found, I was an intern for two summers, analyzing our inbound phone calls, applying some sort of machine learning techniques to sort of extract insights. And I was able to use those same techniques to basically, you know, we had a couple hundred thousand recorded calls. Using those techniques, the steering calls would basically bubble up to the top. And I spent probably a couple hundred hours listening to hundreds of these calls. We have around 600 calls of agents explicitly admitting that they're going to steer their buyers away from Rex properties when they found out that Rex was not offering that preset commission and, they, and that they would have to negotiate for their commission. There are around another 100 calls where the agent sort of egregiously hung up right after uh, our customer support representative would explain how the commission structure works. They basically said, thank you, hung up immediately. So it was quite clear there. Um, and yeah, the calls were quite compelling because it's one thing, it, it makes sense. Agents have an incentive, have a financial incentive to steer their bars away from low commission properties. Okay, fine. When you actually hear these calls, you know, agents are typically affable people. And so they'll call up and they'll be very friendly. Um, and the moment they find out that it's, they're not making or getting the, ex- the expectation of that preset commission, all of a sudden the tone completely shifts and it's no longer about the interests of their buyers, but it's sort of uh, about them. And that sort of just exposes, if you listen to some of these calls, it really gets to, to the heart of the issue. Um, and again, some of these calls, it's clear that the agent makes it seem like, don't worry, the buyer's going to has no way of knowing that we're actually sort of here, um, which is also sort of quite compelling um, in that sense, right? The buyers, again, it's very difficult for them to detect when steering is happening. And some of the calls were agents saying, you know, I'm going to tell my client that the property sold. I'm going to make an excuse. I'm going to tell them it's not available. There was one agent um, that had made an appointment and only after they scheduled a showing, they asked that how the commission uh, structure worked. And we explained, the Rex representative explained how the commission structure worked. And they, we then said, basically, the, uh, do you want to cancel the showing? They said, no, I don't want to cancel the showing, but I'm going to make sure that my buyer doesn't like it. It's a bummer. I really like the home and thought it'd be good, a good fit for them. But now I'm going to make sure that my buyer doesn't like it. Um, so listening to a lot of these calls is sort of quite compelling. And some of the calls are even more eye-opening. Some indicated that most of the calls are agents unilaterally saying that, they're not going to show the property, but they're not getting that preset commission. There were some calls where the agent indicated that that their brokerage would not allow them to show a low commission property. Uh, they're in markets where, let's say, the, mar- the going rate is two and a half percent. There are some calls where my brokerage will not allow me to show a property that's offering less than two and a half percent. But there's an agent that said my brokerage will not allow me to negotiate for my commission. I need to know what my commission is upfront, signed, preset, sealed, and delivered in order to see the property. So those are quite eye opening, as that goes sort of beyond agents unilaterally uh, deciding to steer. So when you look at the number of those calls versus the overall number of calls, you had a couple hundred thousand and it sounds like there's about 700 um, that you identified like that. What does that tell you about the, you know, are these just some bad apples or, you know, what do you, what does that lead you to think about buyer's agents in general? Yeah, it's a good question. And that's where I wanted to do sort of more of the empirical approach to really sort of quantify how widespread steering is. Calls are anecdotal nature, and it's difficult to estimate. We had a couple hundred thousand calls. Some of those are from direct buyers. Some are from sellers. Uh, so only a subset of those are from buyers' agents. There were hundreds of other calls that I listened to where it was sort of clear from the agent's language that they were probably going to steer, but it wasn't explicit, and so those weren't included. And I sort of explained in the testimony that the number of explicit steering calls we have likely undercount significantly the number of total steering calls out there, right? A lot of agents, especially as time went on and more agents became familiar with Rex's business model, they likely never bothered calling into our call center. They knew how our business model worked and they steered away that we would never uh, sort of collect uh, in our call center. Um, there are agents who found out about our commission policy. Again, a lot of it is brand new. So they heard it. They didn't admit they were going to steer, but likely afterwards, they're like, hmm, this isn't actually going to work for me. So they likely steered afterwards. So from the calls, it's difficult to sort of quantify 20% or 30% of agent steer, but I mean, six, 700 calls, it's a lot of calls. Um, and we 
have calls from basically the vast majority of markets in which in which Rex operated. And just also, there's other evidence out there of steering beyond these calls and beyond uh, the uh, empirical analysis that we did. We have tons of examples online of agents warning their sellers that if they don't offer a going rate commission, that buyers agents are going to steer away. So agents are sort of admitting that this is going to take place. And even the strong clustering of commission rates in markets across the country also is indicative that steering is widespread, right? Because if the threat of steering was empty, and if you offered a low commission and you didn't actually suffer from any adverse sale outcomes, then you have some subset of sellers who'd offer a lower commission. They wouldn't have any adverse results as, as, as a result of that. And then they would tell their neighbors over time, hey, you can offer a 1.5% commission, a 1% commission, and there'd be no issue there. And so over time, you would expect to see a gradual erosion in commission rates. But again, we don't see that. We still see the strong clustering at the going rates, and we see that very few home sellers offer a commission rate below 2% in almost all markets. So that right there uh, provides, I think, relatively strong evidence uh, that steering is rampant. And just one additional source of data uh, that really hasn't been spoken about much, but which I think is quite compelling, is actually the commission rates that are offered by iBuyers. So uh, Mike Delpretti has pointed this out, that iBuyers have a very strong incentive to reduce the buy-side commission rates that they offer. It's their largest expense. Um, on the other hand, they know that if they offer lower buyers agent commissions, then they're going to experience steering and therefore the homes are going to take longer to sell. So what iBuyers like Open Door have an incentive to do is sort of play around with different commission rates to find the commission rates that optimize that trade-off. And for example, in Atlanta, we saw that Open Door started by offering 3% commissions, which was the going rate. They then reduced it to 25 to 2%. At one point, they reduced it to 1.5%. But now if you look today, they're essentially offering only 2 and 2.25. They've abandoned offering 1.5% commissions. And the only logical possible explanation for why they would do so is it must be that they, at those homes that offer 1.5%, which again is below that, that sort of threshold of 2%, those homes likely took significantly longer to sell and that's why they abandoned it. So I feel highly confident that Open Door and other iBars are going to have evidence and the, the data on their end about what the sale outcomes are for when they offer lower commissions. For what it's worth, I actually recommended, suggested to the DOJ that they subpoena uh, Open Door for that information, but obviously who knows if they actually did it. But so we have all these other ancillary sort of sources of steering that go beyond the steering calls and the paper, they all sort of tell the same sort of coherent uh, narrative. So I do want to jump in here and say that one of the comments I got, and it really is not, um, to me, it doesn't speak exactly to this, but, you know, some agents were like, well, of course we, you know, of course we're not going to take those uh, calls. Our our time is worth something. We should get paid something for, for the work that we do. But I think, I think the whole point here is not that, okay, you shouldn't get paid. It's like you should then negotiate with the seller or with the with the buyer, right, to, to pay you. So it's not that like, okay, definitely you should do all this work and not get paid. It's more like um, there should be that extra step in there. But of course, they haven't had to do that. 100%. That's exactly right. I mean, Rex's policy is we believed in the value buyer's agents. People 100% should be represented by a buyer's agent. It's the most important financial transaction of their lives. The risk of, of overpaying for a home or getting the wrong home can be devastating. So People should use buyer's agents. The key thing is how can we make sure that the free market is dictating what those commission rates are, not right now where the seller is pre-specifying upfront what those commission rates are. And why are they again offering those preset commissions? It's not, the free market is not saying that the going rate, that, that the fair market value of the services is 3% or 2.5%. A lot of sellers don't know that commission rates are negotiable. There's actually a study that was done in 2006 that asked recent home buyers and sellers how commissions are determined. And the three options were, are they negotiated? Are they set by the industry or agents? Or are they set by state law? Obviously, the answer is negotiated, yet only 31% of recent home buyers and sellers selected and thought that that, uh, commission rates were negotiated. So a lot of sellers take it as a given. Commission rates are just 6%. And we know from online training materials that if sellers tell their agents, hey, I want to offer lower buyer's agent commission, 
the listing agent is going to respond by warning them about the threat of steering. So that's hardly the free market dictating what those buyer's agent commission rates are. So how you mentioned uh, your your role in different lawsuits. How was this information um, considered, if at all, in Sitzer Burnett um, or the Moral case um, or, or other ones that are coming up? Yeah. So again, the steering calls were uh, part of the sort of evidence that was submitted. Uh, it was it was would have been able the Sitzer Burnett would have been able to sort of play some of the calls. They didn't end up playing any of the calls there. Uh, Moral has the opportunity to also play some of the calls if they want. Like I mentioned, we tried getting the paper out far enough in advance of the Sitzer Burnett trial where the empirical results of the paper could be cited. We got it out the week before, so it came in too late. But that paper we sent over to the Merle attorneys, so there's a chance that they can uh, cite the findings of the paper. Obviously, there are a lot of copycat lawsuits that Housing Wire has covered in detail over the last week. They have the potential to sort of uh, cite these findings as well. No, I appreciate that. And well, thanks for coming on and really uh, doing a deep dive on the study uh, more than what we just were able to talk about a little bit when we were talking about the story. I appreciate that. And um, we're going to link to the study from the podcast so people who want to go and read the 90 pages for themselves uh, can can dive in there. But I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us your perspective and what the study found. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.